You know, as they say, laissez bon temps rouler, mother truckers. Welcome, everyone, to the second episode of the Postpark Broadcast. As you can tell, it's a party here. It is Mardi Gras, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the things we can expect from Universal this year. But in addition to that, I'm going to be talking about my experiences at the first event for Mardi Gras 2022 at Universal. It is going to be a great show. So, uh, I mean, let's get the show on the road, huh? Wow, we again, thank you guys so much for being here for the second episode of the Postpark Broadcast. Uh, if you're here and you listen, you're here from the first episode, I can't thank you guys enough. Seriously, it means so much. Um, I hope to have fun again, really. I, I really want to have as much fun as we possibly can. I hope the the intro is a you know a good sign of that. <laughs> but thank you guys so much. Uh, we we really do have a pretty uh, a good show, I think personally. Again, I'll recap what I already just said. We're going to start talking about some things that are coming to Universal. Then we're going to talk about Mardi Gras. But first, uh, just I'm trying to think if there's any like housekeeping kind of stuff. Uh, how are you guys? I hope you guys are doing fine, happy, healthy, wherever you're at. Uh, if you guys want to keep in touch, follow us on Twitter. Nope, on Instagram at Postpark Broadcast. You can shoot us an email, postparkbroadcast.gmail.com. Do people use emails other than like business people? I don't know. Uh, we do have a Twitter. I just don't tweet from it. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I'm afraid to say the wrong thing. Uh, I think really the only thing we can kind of talk about, um, Kenobi. Kenobi comes out May 25th now. That is not going to be the May 4th show. I mean, which would have been pretty good, but there must be a reason. Why. Oh, it's, I believe May 25th is the some number anniversary of A New Hope, I believe. And I think the show takes place between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Well, it has to, right? Yeah. Um, so Kenobi's is Kenobi's coming. That's going to be fun. Uh, I do believe Universal just updated their mask policies. So if you are fully vaccinated, you're not required to wear masks indoors at any indoor location or attractions. However, if you are unvaccinated, they still highly encourage you to wear masks uh, just in case you know, for your safety and your health. Uh, I appreciate it. That's cool. But yeah, uh, I really don't think there's much to, to discuss. Book of Boba Fett was just ended. I thought it was pretty good. I know people didn't. I've seen a lot of people say they didn't like it. I don't know. I, I thought it was fun. I, I binge watched it. I didn't watch it while it was coming out. So once the season finale ended, I went back and binge watched all of it. I kind of wish I did though. Because of some of the stuff towards the end of the season, had I been watching with everybody else, I would have been losing my mind. Uh, because I did have some stuff spoiled for me. Um, and that's when I made the decision to start watching it, binge watching it. But yeah, I thought it was very fun. I thought it was fun. But other than that, I think we're ready to to get into it. I think so. I think the first thing I'll talk about uh is is what's going to be replacing Shrek. Of course, unfortunately, Shrek 4D is no longer. It is deceased. It has hit the chopping block. It's hit its age uh, limit. Uh, Shrek has gone to the uh, big, beautiful swamp in the sky. Uh, rest in peace, my king. Shrek is love. Shrek is life. We all know that. We all accept that as truth. But, you know, we move forward in the in the industry. I say that like I work at the theme parks, <laughs> but of course things move forward. We're we're always changing and and implementing new stuff. And what's coming next is no uh, no different matter. So 
this is I'm getting this from Alicia Stella of Orlando Park Stop. If you're not following uh, Orlando Park Stop or Alicia Stella on Twitter, I highly recommend it. She's always got the like inside scoops. She's always very vigilant on these types of things. And, you know, this is no different. So apparently there has been a new uh, permit that's been filed. So the leading rumor right now is that the attraction that's going to replace Shrek 4D is going to be a Minions attraction. Now, this is kind of all but confirmed essentially universal on their social media has been have been teasing that it's the minions the construction walls around Shrek 4d have minions on them i mean it's pretty much again all but confirmed now the theme or the central story surrounding the attraction would be villain con which i guess is going to be was is going to be in the new film the rise of Gru or minions to the rise of Gru. And this is where the the minions meet Gru for the first time, of course, when he's a baby, a baby, when he's a kid. And and it, what's very interesting about this rumor is that it's supposed to be a moving walkway attraction. So think about the little moving walkways that you see, you know, at like the airport uh, that you see when entering Universal itself. Once you get past the security check, you know, you hop on the little moving conve- conveyor belt. That is apparently the right t- the ride system that is going to be in this attraction. Very interesting. Uh, I I don't think that this is in any other attraction, really. So you will be standing. There's no, apparently there's going to be no seats, no, no nothing. You will be standing and the attraction will be a mix of, it'll be a mix of media content, like not screen. I wouldn't call them screens, but displayed media uh, mixed with physical sets so that sounds good it sounds like they're you know we're not going back to the old ways of just screens it sounds like a good mix so that is currently the the leading the very highly leading rumor of what's going to replace shrek 4d uh but according to alicia stella there have there has been a new notice of commencement for the project and the people that are listed as the contractors for the attraction are GlidePath Limited. And GlidePath Limited is a company that designs and installs moving walkways. I mean, they have walkways in uh, zoos, uh, not zoos, aquariums, uh, all over the place. You know, they do walkways. <laughs> That's pretty much it. And there's rumors, uh, according to Alicia, of the attraction that you'll be turning corners on walkways and pretty much you're going to be on this moving walkway and you'll be in villain con, I guess. And you're going to walk up to booths or maybe something wild happens. I don't know, but you'll have some kind of blaster. Again, we, we don't, we have no real details on specifics, but it sounds very fun. Very interesting. Now, apparently they wanted to get this out before or alongside the release of the new movie. Who knows if that's going to be happening in time. I don't even know when that movie is coming out if i'm being quite honest i do remember watching the trailer for it and i do remember laughing i hate that i find them funny because it just <laughs> i don't know they don't bother me i don't think the minions are annoying i do think they are funny but yeah I, it's, it sounds like an interesting concept for a ride where it's just a moving walkway and you're just standing there and the conveyor belt's doing most of the work carrying you through I am interested again in seeing how the whatever the shooting blasters are, or whatever you're going to be using to to hit targets, I imagine. And what's going to happen if 
it goes down. You know, if the conveyor belt just stops entirely. A lot of interesting things to think about with this traction. Now, apparently, in in this building, if you know, if you go to Halloween Horror Nights, there's usually a a house, a house that's implemented in the theater where Shrek 4D was. It would take up the space of the second theater. Of course, the attraction was wasn't too popular that it really needed both theaters at certain points of the year. So you Halloween Halloween Horror Nights usually takes up that space and 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 does a haunted house in there. And apparently they have left the, like a, a specific space for Halloween Horror Nights events houses. So it'll be it's nice to know that there's no real hindrance, you know, we're not going to lose a house essentially. We'll still have it in that same location pretty much. So that's fun. I love Halloween Horror Nights. It's I look forward to it every year. Uh, just so much fun. So yeah, that's the update on the rumored Minions attraction, the walkway, moving walkway attraction. Again, now Alicia's speculating that maybe it's we're going to see this in early 2023. I certainly hope not. The I'm no expert, you know, I'm no engineer or whatnot, but this doesn't seem like it would take that long to retrofit Shrek 2. Uh, so I, I am hopeful for a 2022 release just because we really don't have much in terms of attractions coming to the existing parks like Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure. So I think this would be really good to kind of hold off anticipation on Epic Universe a little bit slightly. So I'm so hopeful that this comes out this year. You know, who knows? We'll have to wait and see what happens. If there's no delays, maybe they can pull it off, but we'll see. Actually, before I continue, I want to say that for Universal, there aren't really any things confirmed. Uh, this is like pretty much all we have for Universal are rumors. And the next thing is no exception. So apparently the Fear Factor live stage is rumored to be torn down. Now, the the biggest thing I've seen around town, you know, I keep my ears to the street. The biggest thing I've seen is that Diagon Alley is going to eat up that space and it's going to turn into a Harry Potter kind of like broomstick flying attraction. That's the rumor, of course. That that's the rumor that that's going around right now is that it would be kind of like an attraction, almost like Soren or Flight of Passage, where you would it would be essentially a big screen and a lot of seats or something. You know what they use in Harry Potter is broomsticks, obviously, but hey, maybe they could finally do the cars. You never know. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of different vehicles that they could use if this is to be true. Now, I don't know how I feel about this rumor. If this is true, I recently was, of course, I was recently there for Mardi Gras and I walked back there and it didn't really seem like there was any movement going on back there. Like if there was any, uh, how should I say, construction, there's no walls up right now or anything. So there's no movement. There's no movement back there. But even just the thought, I don't think I like this idea. I don't. I know a lot of people's complaints as well is that Harry Potter is taking up too much of Universal. And I don't necessarily feel that way with both Lands, Diagon Alley, and Hogsmeade. I, I, I love those two areas. I think they're they're wonderful and so incredibly well-themed. Of course, Harry Potter kind of like saved Universal, you know. Um, 
I, I enjoy them. And even with where they're at now, I don't feel that it's too much. However, if this is something that happens, I, I, I do feel that that's too much. And the reason I think that's too much is because I think that there's plenty of other spaces that can be gone already that can kind of get rethemed or just, yeah, just rethemed, change it to something else. And that area, that section back there with Fear Factor, and I know people aren't going to like what I'm about to say, but with Men in Black as well, I think Men in Black has, it's an incredible attraction. It's so much fun. If I had to choose between this and Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters, or I think that's the name I forgot, I would choose Men in Black every time. It's just such a superior shooting gallery of an attraction. The story that you go through, you're training to be a Men in Black agent and then real aliens invade. It's so much fun. It literally, it's a, such a good time, but it's just, I, I feel like it's run its course. I think it's time. And again, I know people aren't going to like that. I'm saying that, but I think, you know, it's just things we all, we all age, we all die <laughs> and attractions, I think are no exception. I think it's just, I think it's time really, because that section back there, I feel you could turn into a pretty decent, uh, new themed land. Probably if you want to kind of unify that section and make it a one big thing, especially if you walk back there now, I mean, you would think that 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 section doesn't even exist. Like if you didn't know men in black was there, seriously, if you walk back there, like it feels like there's nothing. <laughs> it really does. It feels really empty and all that's there is men in black. So I think that area is prime for a new themed land, possibly. Uh, some other places that I think are ready to go. Kid zone. Kid zone is pretty much gutted. I mean, that is like just a shell. At this point, the Curious George playset is done. Uh, Barney has been evicted from his home. <laughs> uh, and in its, in its stead is that DreamWorks, Destination DreamWorks, which is kind of a meet and greet slash show type thing with a bunch of DreamWorks characters, which I feel it, I mean, that doesn't, who cares about that? If you're not going to have if you're not going to have boss baby in it, it doesn't matter. You know, there, there's no reason for it to be there in my opinion, but this is my petition to put boss baby in destination dreamworks permanently. I mean, it's a no brainer guys. Come on. Aside from that, you have Bible's playland, which is like abysmal at this point. Woody Woodpecker's roller coaster. That is very fun. I will give them that if they do change it. I hope they keep that and just retheme it. Cause it's, it is a pretty, it's a cheeky little cute attraction and ET. Now, I'm personally not a fan of E.T. That's, I know that's going to, you know, that's not going to sit right with some people. But even that, like, I wouldn't consider that kid zone. Animal actors, I thought that show, I thought they had canceled that show. But when I was there for Mardi Gras, they were definitely animals. I could hear people in the theater. So that's interesting. Maybe I'm just living in a Twilight universe where it's no longer. But I, I clearly remember that not being a thing anymore. But yeah, Kid Zone, I think is, you know, obviously there was that little space in time where it was rumored to be Nintendo, Super Nintendo World. And then I think they kind of got the okay to do Epic Universe. And so it's going over there now. So Kid Zone is kind of just sits desolate at this point. I think that's prime for, for leaving the Lost Continent as well. You know, all it really has is Poseidon's Fury. And then that restaurant that's been a restaurant of the year for like, 
since like 200 BC, I think. <laughs> uh, I've never been there. Mythos, that's what it's called. I've never been there. I should probably try it. I'm not knocking on it. You know, I'm just joking about that sign. But I mean, Poseidon's Fury is fun. It's fine. But again, another one, I think it's run its course, especially since the Sinbad show is no longer there. There's really nothing in Lost Continent other than Poseidon's Fury, Mythos, and just some like weird shops. The Lost Continent exists as a space to get to Harry Potter. <laughs> like literally, that's that's all it serves at this point. But Lost Continent's been down for a good while too. Uh, recently, I thought it was getting ready to go, but apparently, it's got it's got a, a new coat of paint. So, I mean, I'm assuming the Lost Continent's here to stay for a good another while. And another one, this one is the one that I don't think will ever happen anytime soon, but Marvel Superhero Island. I think, you know, obviously there's incredible attractions. You're probably saying, Hector, what? why would you even say that? And to be honest, I don't know. I don't know why I'm saying that. Spider-Man, incredible, game-changing attraction when it uh, first arrived, and it's still a fantastic attraction. The Hulk, phenomenal. You know what? I'm crazy. I'm, I take it back. But the other section I think can go is Toon Lagoon. Is that what it's called? Toon Lagoon? The space with Popeyes, uh, Bilge Rat, Bardley's, and me. I don't know. But I completely think the comic strip cartoon land is ready to go. No offense to those comics or those cartoons, but most people nowadays don't know who these people are, these characters are. I think it's ready to go. I people I'm I've heard not so great things about the restaurant that's there and it just looks so dried out from the sun. They haven't really shown it any love to my knowledge. So I think that's another prime replacement location, you know. Let's get something new in these parks. But with that being said, I I know I just kind of said all this stuff, but I from Universal I don't expect to see anything major until Epic Universe is open. You know, I don't see them retheming any of these lands anytime soon. I don't see them adding any new attractions really to this, to to islands and Universal Studios. Uh, I just, I just think they're gonna wait. I think they're waiting for Epic to to open, and then maybe we'll start seeing some some renovations, some changes to the main two parks. Speaking of Epic Universe, though, I am super excited for this. It's it's shaping up. I think some of the lands that they have are very interesting. Uh, one in particular, but if you're unaware of what's being rumored to be at Epic Universe, I'm going to tell you right now. So we have Nintendo. Super Nintendo World is going to be at Epic Universe. Again, as I mentioned earlier, rumors had it were that it was going to replace Kid Zone, but then they kind of got the the word to make it grandiose and just kind of its own thing. So you know, naturally that fits better at Epic Universe. I think the success over in Japan really helped that as well. So we're going to have Nintendo, but it's not only going to open with the Mario Kart attraction, apparently Donkey Kong, the mine train, the mine Kart attraction will be open as well. So that's really cool. And I do believe they still even have an expansion plot if they wanted to for Nintendo World. Uh, you know, we, there's rumblings that well, there aren't rumblings. They they have Universal's has a deal with Pokemon, so Pokemon could easily fit there. Maybe, possibly, uh, who knows? Maybe maybe Pokemon could even take place of Kid Zone or one of those other sections that I mentioned. That would be a cool integration. I think they should be doing something 
grandiose with the, that property as well. Uh, the one I am most excited for is Universal Monsters. That is, if this is true, that is so exciting. I feel like we need, you know, you can laugh at the dark universe all you want, but I really wanted to see more Universal Monster reboot movies, uh, even if they were tied or connected whatsoever. Of course, they came out with The Invisible Man, which was very good. They are working on Wolfman with Ryan Gosling. I'm a huge Gosling stan, so I stand behind that movie a hundred times over. So Universal, Universal Monsters Land is something I look forward to. I think the rumor is there's going to be an attraction that features all of the Universal Monsters. I think even an attraction for... Or maybe it's a show. I think latest rumors were that the show might leave for another attraction, a roller coaster. And then there's also room for an expansion plot for this uh, land as well. And apparently that might be a Creature of the Black Lagoon boat ride. That sounds very fun. That sounds really cool. I'm very excited. U Universal has a Monsters Tribute store right now in the uh, in the gift shop where the mummy is. And it's awesome. They have like the statues of of Dracula, Wolfman, the Invisible Man, Frankenstein's monsters, monsters. Hmm, it's just one. Bride of Frankenstein, the Phantom of the Opera. It it's such a cool show uh, store. If you haven't been there yet, I highly recommend go going to check it out. So I'm very excited for this. After that, we have a supposed How to Train Your Dragon Land, which uh, you know, not necessarily for me. I'll still probably enjoy it. I think this is the weaker land of all of them. I'm very surprised that it's not a DreamWorks land as opposed to a full How to Train Your Dragon land. So that's very interesting to me. I'm sure there'll be a roller coaster of some kind, so that'll be that'll be fun. Then you have the middle section of the park, which is going to lead up to the hotel. Apparently, there's going to be some form of attraction there. I believe shops and, and restaurants, things you can, you know, places to shop, maybe like another city walk. Right now, the the uh, concept art doesn't really present it as a city walk type deal. Like it doesn't really look like something that would be a city walk. But uh or maybe there'll be an, I don't know, will this park have a city walk? It is far away. It's, you know, it's a good distance away from the the first two parks. So you would think that they'd make some tor some type of city walk over there. That's interesting. That's just interesting to think about. Then, of course, you have a wizarding, wizarding world section of the park. Now, we say wizarding world because we don't know yet if it's Harry Potter or or if it's Fantastic Beasts, apparently it's themed already, or it's being planned to be themed around the, uh, I think it's like a French section from the second Fantastic Beasts movie. Now, it's no real secret that Fantastic Beasts has not been doing so well, especially in light of not only JK's terrible takes and controversy, controversy, hmm. But my problem with the first two Fantastic Beasts is that they were written by J.K. And I feel that she writes better uh, manuscripts rather than movie scripts. So I'm pretty sure they for the third one, they have someone like an actual script writer. Uh, so hopefully the third Fantastic Beast can really pick up the slack and maybe change people's opinions on at least the Fantastic Beasts movies. You know, who cares what J.K. thinks? Uh, I understand the supporting Harry Potter stuff right now. And, you know, it, it's conflicting. But um, 
we we hate JK around here. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with the Wizarding World, what type of attractions, if you know what they end up theming it around. If there'll be the uh, Ministry of Magic, which Ministry of Magic? You know, there, there's a lot of possibilities for the Wizarding World stuff. And with that, I believe those are all of the rumored lands for Epic Universe. So lots of stuff to be excited for, you know, to look forward to for Epic Universe. Again, Universal Monsters is at the top of my list, like of what I'm expecting and what I really want from this park. So I have really high hopes for and high expectations for that land uh, as well as Nintendo. And then, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see what else they develop there and and in future years to come. But yeah, apparently summer 2025, that's a... Uh, uh, it hurts to say, but you know, hopefully we'll see we'll see each other there. Now moving on to Universal Mardi Gras. So I'm going to be talking a little bit about my experience for Mardi Gras this year, 2022. Uh, by the time this comes out, I think Diana Ross will have only already performed so that would have been two of the concerts that have already happened however i was there for the first event day which was sugar ray uh <laughs> sugar was very fun i'll get to that in a bit but yeah i kind of wanted to just talk a little bit about my experience what i what i ate some of the stuff the entertainment that is available to you this year uh i mean the entertainment is it's bigger, it's better than ever. It's always so much fun. Mardi Gras, Universal Mardi Gras is easily one of my top three uh, like festival event type things in theme park world, in the theme park sphere. It's always just so much fun. I mean, everybody's always hyped. Like even the people like from people working the booths, the the characters that walk around, even the people on the parade, you know, even the employees like it, everyone is just so hyped. Everyone's so it's such a vibe, such a mood, you know. And it's it's always a good time. You'll you'll never not want to move your feet. You know, let the good times roll. Laissez bon temps rouler. Uh, I believe is that's what uh, let the good times roll means. And and the feet don't fail me now. Feet don't fail. Me. You know that classic banger that they play. But yeah, I mean, there's so much to enjoy here. Uh, if you're unaware, they they usually have a Mardi Gras parade that runs throughout the event, I believe multiple times a day, if I'm not mistaken. This year's theme for Mardi Gras is, I guess, out of this world. It's space themed. And it's really interesting because the kind of way they depict space reminds me a lot of like the way... 70s would depict space you know the the huge like bowl helmets the clear bowl helmets and just like these cool all silver suits type it's very interesting if you haven't uh seen it if you can't make it on down to mardi gras i highly recommend looking up a video of the parade i'd recommend the video from uh from the Diz, they, they always have some very good quality video, and this year is no exception. Uh, yeah, if you haven't seen that, I'd highly recommend check it out. It's it's really weird. Again, it's it's such an interesting theme that they chose for this year, but hey, who am I to to say anything? I, it's still fun. It's still crazy. It's still an awesome good time. So there's obviously the parade that goes around, and people are throwing you beads from the, the floats. You can also, I believe, if you head on over to the Universal website, you can get more information to see if you can get on the float. You know, there's instructions on what to do, where to meet somebody in the park, and, and you'll have a chance to get on the float to throw beads. So that's very cool. Um, there are characters that roam around throughout the park and, and throughout the day, but it's mostly in the evening. When I was there, I definitely didn't see anybody out and about until maybe like 
like one or two in the afternoon. Uh, I, I, I was there very early and pretty much all day, essentially. And I, it wasn't it really felt like at a certain t- point in time was when the entertainment started coming out. Um, but again, once they come out, man, it, it's it's nonstop fun. They they will get you into the mood. It doesn't matter if you're in pain from walking so much. It doesn't matter. Whatever. The, they will get you into the mood. And it's so much fun. And of course, uh, following tradition in recent years, I guess, I don't even know how long they've been doing it, but Universal has done their tribute store. They usually theme it to whatever season or event is going on at the time. And this year or this time of year, they have their tribute store dedicated to Mardi Gras, which is really cool. It's actually very interesting. It's themed as a float warehouse so pretty much like where they build the floats for mardi gras and if you go inside it it really is so awesome i I love universal's theming their attention to detail it's incredible you walk in there and you really feel like you're in this warehouse full of all of these materials that it takes to to build the float and you walk in and there's plans you know they they have all the uh like what it would look like, I guess, in their office, you know, like, hey, see me about this sticky notes everywhere. Pretty much like see me about this. Fix this. What if we change the design? How about the shape? What's the color going to be? It's it's really interesting to see kind of that like behind the scenes thought process presented to you. Uh, it's really cool. They have like blueprints, plans, everything. It's so incredibly detailed in there. You could spend, I don't know, a, a good amount of time just reading all the stuff that's there. And, you know, of course, is where you get all of your Mardi Gras merchandise. You can get some of it uh, from around all over the park, essentially. But there's some exclusive stuff in the Mardi Gras tribute store. Um, And again, it's just a really cool, really, really cool themed tribute store this year. Uh, I highly recommend checking that out. I recommend checking it all out. If you have time, do it all, please. It's so much fun. Now, this isn't Mardi Gras related, but this year, actually, since the mummy is down, then this is another reason why I absolutely love Universal, because since the mummy's down, they have the uh, the mummy gift shop area. Right. Well, instead of just closing that and leaving that to, to sit until the traction opens up, they rethemed that into a mo- Universal Monsters kind of tribute store essentially uh it's so so cool you walk in and you wouldn't even you'd be like where was the mummy before this like it's so incredibly well themed there's a bunch of really cool statues of all the universal monsters monsters they have phantom of the opera uh let's see dracula the invisible man frankenstein's monster bride of frankenstein wolfman and creature from the black lagoon it's really cool i Granted, it is a small store, kind of, but the theming is just so awesome. And the the statues of all the Universal Monsters are so cool to see. Um, if you're here, again, <laughs> take a shot every time I say this. Check it out. I, I highly recommend checking it out, especially if you're a Universal Monsters fan. And as I mentioned earlier, this store really hyped me up for if if the one of the lands in epic universe really is universal monsters i am going to freak out it, it's so awesome so so cool so that's just an extra little thing that Mar- uh, universal is doing this year which again that's a reason why i love universal they you know they didn't have to do that but they're willing to go out of their way to change this to make this cool experience for a limited time and then go back once the ride opens and turn into the mummy gift shop so that's very cool i really appreciate that 
Now, of course, with the festival, there are also a bunch of food booths that you can try located all around the park. Uh, I did have a couple of little snackety snacks while I was there on my first day. Man, this is coming out late, huh? <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm going to share with you guys a little bit of what I had uh, in some of the some of the spots around the park. So in New York, uh, the section right in front of Jimmy Fallon's Race Through New York and The Mummy. I forgot the name for a minute. There is like this little courtyard that they have there that's filled with booths that you can get a bunch of stuff. I mean, they have king cakes, uh, Mardi Gras marshmallow pie, beignets. I did have beignets. I did have the little beignets. Sweet fried pastry with powdered sugar. Is uh, I'm reading all this off of the the website, the Universal Orlando website. Uh, Five ninety nine. I had some. Thank you to my friend Danielle shared her uh beignets with me uh they were i i have no point of reference this was actually my first beignet they were saying that uh it was a little too empty it was there wasn't anything inside it was too hollow uh i thought it was okay uh, again uh it's just i mean it's a beignet <laughs> um that is uh 5.99 before tax what I did have, though, from one of these booths out here is the chicken and andouille sausage jambalaya uh, girlfriend. It says GF. <laughs> so I'm assuming that means gluten free, not girlfriend. Uh, this was six forty nine. Uh, mixed rice with andouille sausage, chicken, shrimp, peppers, tomatoes, finished with a spiced crawfish. Uh, so I had this. I thought this sounded interesting. It uh, it was OK. I will say it was it there wasn't anything to write home about. It tasted a lot like an Uncle Ben's or a Zatarans, you know, bag of rice that you can get from the store. Then Dewey sausage was fine. Uh this says it has chicken in it. I did not even like see a piece of chicken <laughs> unless I just didn't realize what I was eating. There was no I'm pretty sure there was no chicken in mine. But I don't know. Maybe that's maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I wouldn't, you know. I wouldn't rush out to get this. There are some other things uh, in this area that sound a little bit, little bit better. You have the blackened chicken po' boy, the muffuleta, which is mortadella, salami, ham, mozzarella, and provolone cheese, cheese, uh, cheese, olive relish on a toasted sesame seed bun. That sounds pretty good. The shrimp gumbo with rice. That also sounded pretty good. I should have, maybe I'll probably try that the next time I go. So yeah, it, it was a little bit of a miss with the. Chicken and Dewey sausage jambalaya, not horrendous, right? But it wasn't a home run. Now, there is another food truck here in this courtyard. And the interesting thing is that I'm not seeing it on this menu, on any of the menus for Mardi Gras. So I'm assuming that it's a truck that's just always there. And it's a truck that's closest to the mummy. Um, and there they were serving a carnita arepa now if you don't know what an uh what an arepa is just imagine like cornmeal like fry a little it's i think it's fried you you cook fry it up a little bit or cook it uh it's corn dough cornmeal dough i guess you would say uh, and you you they usually make like a pocket out of them and you stuff meat in there you can put like cilantro cheese uh you know whatever your heart desires you know you might you might remember hearing arepa from uh from encanto my mom Julieta can make you feel better with just one arepa. You know that one? My mom Julieta can make you feel better with just one arepa. Uh, so I saw this, but now that I'm looking at this menu, it's not on here. So like I said, I think it's just always there now. Well, anyway, they make it seem like it's a part of the festival. So I had that. And oh my gosh, this was so dang good. This was 9 49 
the carnitas were incredible. I mean, they were. It was so soft, so juicy. The meat, it just it had so much flavor. It was so so good. Uh, on top of it, it had a cotija cheese, which is just like this crumbly white cheese, uh, cilantro, micro cilantro, and a mayo ketchup sauce. Now, all of this worked completely. I love cilantro. I know there are people like it's a genetic code that you taste soap. I feel sorry for you. I feel very bad for you. Cilantro is incredible. I wish there was more. It had enough, but I wish there was more. Uh, the thing that really I wanted to drink was the mayo ketchup. Now they say it's mayo ketchup, but this tasted like if you've ever been to uh, Pollo Tropical, they have a cilantro garlic, like creamy garlic cilantro sauce. Oh my gosh, this tasted exactly like that. So the fact that it says mayo ketchup is it baffles my mind because it was so good. Uh, the actual arepa, the corn dough part, it, it got a little bit uh, too dry towards the end. But it still, all in all, the carnita arepa was phenomenal. I highly recommend getting that in that little uh, marketplace right there. Then heading over to the Flora Bean Cape Canaveral booth. This is going to be located in front of uh, King's Cross and right next to Lombard Seafood and Grill. It's kind of a little hidden, if you ask me. I, you know, it, it seems like it's very easy to miss, but there's a, a good row right there in the little alleyway. They have stuff like sweet corn Johnny cake, uh, shrimp and avocado ceviche, uh, conch fritters, buttermilk strawberry shortcake, and buttermilk lemon blueberry shortcake. Now, here I originally was going for the shrimp and avocado ceviche poached shrimp marinated radish with blood orange sorbet now when i saw someone had it it did not look like a ceviche that i'm used to so that kind of made me not get it <laughs> uh, so i opted for the conch fritters instead which were $8.99 these are flash fried conch served with grilled pineapple and a pineapple remoulade so I've never had conch before. This was my first time. I think the batter of the conch was very good. It, it had a lot of flavor to it, but the conch itself was very, it was a little tough. Um, I wouldn't say it was chewy, uh, but it, it was tough. And so again, this being my first time having conch, I don't know if conch is usually tough or what, you know, I don't know the judgment there. Um, so do with that what you will, that information. The pineapple remoulade. Now, this was another one that oddly tasted exactly like the cilantro garlic sauce from Pollo Tropical. Uh, I have no idea what was going on if I just really wanted that sauce that day or what. But these, both of these tasted exactly like it. Like I, I didn't even taste any of the uh, pineapple. And it even had pineapple chunks in there. Uh, this was uh, decent. You know, for the first time having conch, it was decent. Uh, I definitely didn't dislike it, and it was okay, is what I would say. Uh, if you like conch, you know, I would recommend trying it at least. Now, the other thing I had from this booth is the buttermilk strawberry shortcake. Um, you know, that sounds very good. You think buttermilk strawberry shortcake. You're probably thinking, oh, man, I bet that, you know, the cake was moist. It was... Sorry, I know people don't like that word. <laughs> the shortcake is probably very really soft, like with whipped cream and the strawberries. Oh man, that sounds like it's going to be so good. Look, if you are one of those people that think Popeye's biscuits are dry, oh, you have you have not tasted this biscuit that they serve you. I wouldn't even call it a shortcake. So this has marinated strawberries, basil, mas mascarpone cream, orange blossom honey on a buttermilk biscuit. The biscuit was the driest 
and most rock hard thing I've ever had. This is four ninety nine. Um, it was kind of hard to cut through and even like eat the marinated strawberries. It's kind of like those candied strawberries, but they use it had that very like artificial strawberry flavor to it that I really do not like. I don't know how to explain it. I'm sure you guys have tasted it before. Just this very artificial candied strawberry marinade like sauce to it. Um, and then the basil masca- mascarpone cream, it could have just been whipped cream. It didn't really taste like anything else. If I'm being completely honest. So this one was kind of a little bit of a letdown because I really wanted, uh, you know, this little dessert that that was there. So, yeah, th- I, I really can't recommend the the strawberry shortcake, unfortunately. Now, there was another booth, another uh, food truck that is outside of Fast and Furious. And this kind of like the Carnita Arepa, I don't think it's a part of Mardi Gras. It's just always a food truck there. They're just kind of like having it there by association i don't know because i don't see the items there on this list however they sell a nashville hot chicken tender with mac and cheese that was 10.99 uh a a very good decent portion that they gave you i mean the thing had some weight to it i'll tell you what uh so it, it was it was nashville hot chicken on top it had scallions and then the mac and cheese on the bottom the mac and cheese was very creamy but it was like a little bland when I had gotten up there, they had just received a fresh batch of Mac and cheese. So I don't know if maybe the batch that I got was just, you know, it didn't have flavor. Unfortunately, uh, I'm willing to try it again, but yeah, it it just was uh, slightly bland for me. Uh, in my opinion, the chicken, however, it was, I, I thought the chicken was very good. Now, my only point of reference for Nashville hot is from KFC I'm so mad that they got rid of their chicken littles with the Nashville hot <laughs> because I, I loved those dang things. And so that's kind of what I was expecting here. Now, it wasn't bad, but there wasn't really any heat to it. It was more sweet than anything. It had this really interesting sweet flavor to it. And the the spice only kind of kicked in once you started eating like a lot of the chicken at once. That's when you kind of started to feel a little heat. Now, they did have alternative sauces for the chicken. If you didn't want Nash- Nashville, Nashville hot, hmm. Nashville hot chicken, they had uh, hot honey and they had golden barbecue. So, you know, again, it may have just been the batch that I had, but the Nashville hot itself was a little sweet. I can imagine hot honey may be sweet as well and perhaps golden barbecue. So if you're not a fan, you know, you have some options there. Uh, This again, I don't think this is officially a Mardi Gras booth, but I took like two, three laps around the park. And this was easily the longest line I saw and the longest line that I waited in to get food. So, I mean, that that was that was pretty interesting. Now, one of the like last food items that I had was at the Fusion Uh, I don't know the name of it. The Fusion Machine Planet. That's the name of the booth. It's located right when you're leaving London. Uh, It's on that little bridge thing connecting London and World Expo, which is like going to Simpsons land. Now here they have some Creole crab beignets. That sounds really good, actually. Cajun brown sugar dusted beignets stuffed with creamy crab dip and scallions. I might try that next time. Ube ice cream bubble waffle and Mardi Gras bubble waffle. So the Ube ice cream bubble waffle had... had purple sweet potato ice cream and a matcha green tea bubble waffle topped with marshmallow 
toasted coconut, strawberry pocky sticks, and popping candies. Now, I'm not really too big of a fan of coconut, so that's why I didn't get this one. I opted for the Mardi Gras Bubble Waffle. Both of those are $8.99, and they're both vegan. The Mardi Gras Bubble Waffle had ube and matcha swirl soft swirl ice cream in a Belgian bubble waffle topped with Mardi Gras sprinkles and sweet corn pocky sticks. Now, I have absolutely no idea. You could tell me my life depended on explaining to you what ube is, and I would just give up because there's I have no I I can't explain the taste of the ube and you know, if you've had matcha, you know what matcha tastes like, but I cannot explain what ube tasted like, and I don't care to because this was the most incredible ice cream I've ever had ever. I mean, you really don't even need an explanation. Like this was so good. I cannot stress this enough. Like, and it's huge. The portion that they give you is really big. The bubble waffle is ginormous. And then they just scoop this. Well, they obviously don't scoop it. Right. But they serve you this huge thing of ice cream, ube and matcha swirl in it. And, uh, Oh man, it is so good. The only thing I will say is, you know, I'm talking about the portion of it. I would recommend sharing with it because at a certain point, it just got too sweet for me that I couldn't finish it myself. So I would highly recommend sharing this with someone. And if you're smarter than me, you'll like rip, you'll rip the bubble waffle and you'll use that to scoop the ice cream. I think that was the way to go. That is not what I did. I just stuffed my face with ice cream because it was phenomenal. It's so good. I, I literally cannot explain what Ube, uh, what the taste was. It was just, it was very interesting, but highly, 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 highly recommend that. So in terms of food, that is pretty much all that I had in the first couple days that I had gone. And, you know, I, I mean, I sacrificed myself. Come on. You know, I, I did this for you guys. I drank the alcoholic beverages. You know, I know, I know I didn't have to, but I did. I sacrificed myself. Now I had the category five punch, which I believe is one of the, like, they have a bunch of different drinks located across the park, but I feel like the category five punch is one of the, like the signature drinks for the event. Uh, this is going to include Myers dark rum, cruising aged dark rum, passion fruit puree, orange and lime juice, grenadine and agave nectar. Now you can get a nine ounce of this one for $7 and a 12 ounce souvenir cup for 13 with the refill being eight with the souvenir cup, right? So there's that. The other one that I had was the, if I can find it, is located at the Brazil booth, which is at the Cafe La Bamba, uh, which is like where the parade comes out. Uh, they have a strawberry caipirina punch. I think that's how you say it. Apologies. <laughs> this includes Leblon, Gajaca, Oops, agave nectar, strawberry puree, and lime juice. Now, the nine ounce for this is $8. The 12 ounce souvenir cup for this is 13, and the refill would be nine. So, these, if you have been, I've been going to Halloween Horror Nights for a lot of years, as well as Mardi Gras. Uh, and a lot of those years have been of legal drinking age. After drinking these two drinks, you kind of realize that all of these pre-made drinks at Universal are all the same. <laughs> it really hit me with the strawberry punch that these are just, they all just taste the same. And it's this like very strong, sweet, just drink. I mean, it, it kind of like 
almost started to hurt my head. They're just too sweet. It's hard to try to get plastered when you're like just loaded on sugar from these drinks. Um, so that's really my only complaint from a lot of these uh, event event cocktail drinks, the pre-made stuff. Now I was ready to give up because again, there's a, a lot more different flavored stuff and even some of the stuff I'm seeing here looks really good. I might go give it a try. I almost gave up, but at the Flora Bean booth, there was actually one called Cape Guayava, which is new Amsterdam vodka, guava and lime juice, agave nectar, and fresh mint. And this was phenomenal. This I recommend highly. It was so refreshing, uh, this drink, when I was I was sipping on it, having a, a grand old time. I mean, I literally felt like I was on a beach. This was so good. It after I only got the nine ounce of this, but I don't think the nine ounce was the perfect amount. It was because it's it is sweet, but it's more tolerable because of the guava. The guava just the flavor of the guava is so good to me. So it really I think was a perfect amount that nine ounce, and it was so 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 good. I really cannot recommend that one enough. So yeah, if you're there, get the Cape Guayaba. Okay, so we've talked about the food, we've talked about the parades and and the the little characters that run around, all the th- the beads that freaking whack you in the face when you're walking by. Yeah, we've talked about all that, but you're here for the real stuff, the concerts, right? Okay, so I'm going to give you the lineup. Now, two of these have already passed by the time this episode comes out. Uh, Sugar Ray was the opening act. Then on Saturday, February 12th was Diana Ross. Saturday, February 19th will be the Bare Naked Ladies. Sunday, February 20th, 20th, Sticks. Saturday, February 26th, John Party. Uh, then you have Saturday, March 5th, LL Cool J featuring DJ Z Trip. Sunday, March 6th, the guy from Fortnite, Marshmallow. Sat. <laughs> they made him a real thing. Uh, Saturday, March 12th will be Lee Bryce, I think a country artist. Uh, Sunday, March 13th will be Becky G. Friday, March 18th will be Khalid. Saturday, March 19th will be Seal. March 20th will be Gavin DeGraw. That's a Sunday. Friday, March 25th will be The Revivalists. Saturday, March 26th, Jimmy Allen. And to close the show, to close the show, to close the event will be uh, Jason Derulo. Sunday, March 27th. (laughs) Now, the one I think is, I I feel like a lot of people will say Jason Derulo is the biggest get here. Uh, I think it's Khalid. Khalid has some pretty good bangers. Um, You know, Seal. Gavin DeGraw, I don't want to be anything, although they're all what I'll be. The Revivalists, uh, I wish I knew you, I wish I knew you when I was young. Becky G, Marshmallow, I mean, some of the, some of these are pretty good. I do, I do, you know, I won't argue with that, but I, to me personally, Khalid is, is the biggest one. Sorry, Jason. Uh, but no, so I was there for the first event. So that would have been Sugar Ray. Now, it's funny because the running joke for me leading up to the event was, um, you know, I would ask people, or I'd tell people, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to go see Sugar Ray at Universal. And they'd be like, Sugar Ray, who's that? And I would go, okay, well, have you seen the live action Scooby-Doo movies? Uh, yeah. Okay, well, Sugar Ray is the best. Oh, that's the band that's playing at Spooky Island? Yes, <laughs> they are the band that plays at, at Spooky Island. And pretty much like nine out of ten times, I would say, uh, you know, I'm going to go see Sugar Ray. And Sugar Ray is one of those bands where you surprise, like if you listen to their music, you're like, oh, that's Sugar Ray. But 
every time I had to explain it, I would always say, yeah, it's the guys from Scooby-Doo, the live action Scooby-Doo movies. So the day comes, we're, we're there at the Mardi Gras festival. We're waiting for Sugar Ray, all the sugar heads out in the audience in the crowd are waiting for Sugar Ray. And sure enough, they come out and the lead singer, Mark McGrath, he comes out, you know, he's pretty good, pretty good, uh, not a hype man, but he's a good entertainer. I mean, he he was, you know, cracking jokes and whatnot. Um, so he comes out and he says, thank you for being here. You know, they closed the last event, last Mardi Gras. They were the closing acts. Uh, so he was like, you know, we're so excited to be opening for this year, 2022. He goes, I love, I love you guys. I love Universal. Oh, no. What do you say? Thank you, guys. Thank you to Universal. And thank you to Scooby-Doo. And he started singing the song from the live-action Scooby-Doo movie. And so I have never gone from zero to 100 so quickly in my life. I mean, I was shouting at the top of my lungs. <laughs> it was just so funny. It was so unexpected. Like, that was a running joke. And, and that's the song he opened up with. So I look at you and try to do the best I can can so good i loved it. it it was so much fun um i did i didn't stay for the whole concert unfortunately uh i did stay for a good couple songs but again there sugar Ray's one of those where it's like yeah you listen to a song and you're like oh that's them so i mean it was very fun all in all this year was you know as fun if not better than previous years you know i think everybody's really excited to be back be back to doing mardi gras to you know eating beignets having powdered sugar all over your face throwing beads catching beads it's just again mardi gras is always just a, such a a unique vibe such a fun time and even if you're not in the mood they are certain to get you in the mood you know they they don't play around there so it was very fun I, I had so much fun i can't say fun enough how many times another time take a shot every time i say fun so yeah if you're thinking about going to universal mardi gras i highly recommend uh you know checking up the lineup especially if you want to go on a date with a uh with one of your favorite bands maybe you're gonna go see gavin DeGraw. You know you want to see Kevin DeGraw. Come on. Uh, so, yeah, uh, be sure to check out all the dates of which artists are going to be where. And, you know, eat some food. Feet don't fail me now. Les bontemps roulés. Uh, I think that's going to be it for the show, actually. So thank you guys for listening. I know this one's a little bit longer than the, the first episode. We're almost hitting the hour mark right here. But, um, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. If you do go to Universal Orlando for Mardi Gras, please let me know. I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you have any, if you taste any of the food that I mentioned um, and you liked something I didn't, or if you didn't like this or that, you know, I'd love to hear about your experience and your time at the park. So, you know, you can reach out to us or to me on Instagram at postparkbroadcast. Uh, you can email at postparkbroadcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, thank you guys so much. I hope to see you guys again in next week's episode. Uh, not sure what we're going to talk about. There may be a little special episode in the middle, or maybe that will be the special episode. I don't know. A little secret, little secret stuff. But thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Love you guys. I'll see you guys next week. And hopefully I'll see you guys in the park. So thank you. Bye. <laughs>